my theme music, which means it is my time to talk. Believe me, I take a vow of silence between every episode. So I look forward to hearing it. Welcome to another episode of Can Host, the podcast brought to you by loads of people, but me as the host. My name is Paul Wheeler. Um, this is episode number seven. So like we are, we've got momentum. People want us back. We want to be back. And for that, we thank you. So first up, before we go too far, I will just um, acknowledge the fact that we are live on Facebook at the moment. We can see we've already got some people listening as we go. That is a feature we will be doing most weeks, things like weather permitting and whatnot. What that does mean, if you are listening right now, we would love it if at any time tonight we're talking about something you're interested in, which hopefully you are because that's why you're listening feel free to shoot us a message so you can just comment and I've actually got my phone in front of me right now and we can read them out obviously I'll scan them and if you're saying something negative I'll just pretend we didn't see it nah we will we'll acknowledge every single message you do send now um a couple of people did message the Can Host page last week asking where we were, because yes, we used to do our episodes weekly. Just at the moment, what we're thinking is going fortnightly so we can really prepare our episodes, which gives you guys enough time to get in touch as well and us to lock in our guests. And we have some amazing ones for you tonight. In fact, the most we have ever had as well. So we're all excited. Some of us are having pre-drinks, not too sure about one of our guests because we can't see you, but the... Um, the DM you sent me earlier on looks like you are joining in with us too and we love that. So today's episode is called Can't Host, Can Travel. Now if you are a ride or die fan and listen to our pilot episode, a few people aren't quite sure why we called this episode, why we called the podcast Can Host and there is a little bit of a um, a little bit of a meaning behind it and same thing with Can't Host, Can Travel as well. So what that means usually is if like Say, for instance, you were hitting it off with someone and you wanted to maybe catch up with them, wink, wink, but you can't at your house, you would say can't host, can travel. So we thought we'd play on that one last time because it's a bit of a funny joke. So we are going to be talking about travelling today. So um, in terms of safety, we're going to be talking bucket list trips and things like that. Um, because I believe that everybody does love to travel and I know there are a lot of people yet that haven't seen much of the wide world. So maybe today you'll hear a few stories. You might be inspired and go and book a trip. I mean, we can't help you pay for it or anything, but like you can say we made it happen. Yeah, yeah. Tell us where you go. That's great. So we have four guests lined up for us today. So first up, we will get them to say a quick hello before we then give them their time to shine. We are joined by international DJ, DJ Dolly Lama. G'day, mate. How are you going? Oh, God, you're so Australian, just like me. You're heaps Aussie, eh? No, not really. Yeah, same, same. So, yeah. Well, I am what I call an Aussie-American because mm. I'm a dual citizen, so I uh, kind of say Aussie-American. But I've been here for 11 years now. I just can't shake the American accent. You wouldn't, would you want to? Uh, only because I get so bored of answering the question, oh, mm-hmm. you sound like you have an accent. Where are you from? Mm-hmm. And then having to go into the usual explanation, yeah. which I've you know, done countless times at this point. I'd like to just print up a slip of paper and hand it to people. Yeah. I feel like my phone voice got really Australian really quickly because I was working in a call centre on my visa and I had to always explain where I was from. But I'd get people coming to me all the time and say things like, oh, yeah, you're from Geordie Shore, which is Newcastle, and I'm not. The only way is Essex. So feel your pain. Thanks for coming on. It was my very, pleasure. I was very excited when you said yes. Of course. And you I, I rarely say no. Right? <laughs> say yes That's anything. actually what it says in the toilets here at the Wicket. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Guest number two is a very good friend of mine. I've known for, I believe, six years this year, not counting, but I used to sometimes six stay in years, the spare room weeks. at your house. 
one hour yeah. and 37 oh, seconds. So you remember too. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Archer's in the house. Pew, 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 pew. Hello, hello. I'm also an import, um, a Kiwi overstayer. Been mm-hmm. here for 12 years, a little bit longer than Dolly. Yeah, but obviously loving it. Love it. Still can't shake the Kiwi accent and... It's always really bad when you're being recorded. It sounds really, really strong. Like I don't know. This doesn't, this doesn't get recorded or anything. It's just no. us. We're just sitting around a table catching up like, lads, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Chewing the fat, talking about Super Bowl. <laughs> we were actually. We were just talking about the Super Bowl over a beer. We were obviously talking about the halftime show though. Yeah, but I, I don't, I bet nobody here knows who's won. Yeah, yeah. The like, Chiefs. I, I don't even know who played. played. I feel like the Chiefs won. I saw a, um, a clip on the news where someone with a Super Bowl trophy was on a parade at Disneyland in Florida. That's about as much as I can tell you who won, but oh, Mickey Mouse was there. Yeah. I think one of the best things I've ever seen that was so relatable was, uh, I don't know if we had memes back in, I think it was 2013 when Queen Bee did the Super Bowl show, but it said, like, gays, um, wow, there's a football game on at the Beyonce concert tonight. <laughs> and if that wasn't true... <laughs> another guest we've got here live in person, we're looking right at him and he's so keen to be here. We have <laughs> Kieran Betts. Hello. From Travel Manager? Yes. Yeah, so we thought we, this would be a bit of a fraud kind of travel um, episode if we didn't get a travel agent on. So we found you. You did, last minute. Thanks, literally. Thank you for the call. Oh, <laughs> literally tracked you down and spoke to you, spoke at you, I think, for about 20 minutes last night. Yep, yep. Whilst I was uh, downing my bottle of wine after a really fun day. Yeah. So, yep, it was great. Life of a travel agent. And then we've got, so as always, if you are a regular listener, you will know we do a segment every week called Give It To Me Straight where we do just that. So um, we like to have straight guests on because we think they deserve a voice too, right? And usually they listen along to the episode in in the flesh with us and we'll talk as we go and then we give them their chance to shine and talk about the subject. Now, our guests couldn't be here with us tonight because they are on a bit of an epic adventure around the country, as in Australia. So due um, technology being what it is today, we're gonna call them in later on in the episode with the amazing help of Join the Adventure, who are the brains behind this can host operation. They make us sound good, they give us theme tunes, they make us go live. Um, yeah, so thanks guys. So we will be joined later on by the uh, by Sasha and Aiden or the Not So Tranquil Tribe. I shared their page on Facebook earlier on today. Um, if you don't already follow them, you should because they're like a whole family in a caravan traveling Australia. Who wouldn't want to see pictures of that? Jeremy, Nod, yeah, you would? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jeremy loves to follow you. So yeah, going, so they are our guests for tonight. Now, as you mentioned, we are talking travel. You already know I'm not from Australia, but you know my story because I did a pilot. So you know why I'm here. You know how long I've been here. You know you're probably not getting rid of me anytime soon. So I thought I'd bring in some fresh meat to the table. I'm going to get straight on with it. Guest number one, DJ Jolly Lama. Hello. So you're officially in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, I've listened to actually all the previous episodes of this, so super excited to be here. That's why you're guest number one, babe. Yeah. You're all joint number one, apart from Kieran. You've not listened to it, have you? <laughs> I've listened to it. Oh, good luck. Yeah, so, yeah, so very good start, very good start, yeah. darling. So um, as we've mentioned, as we put on the Facebook page, you are not an Australian. So bef- Well, you are, but no, you wasn't born here. So we thought rather before we talk about travelling the world and all these really good bucket lists we've all kind of got, it might be really nice for people to listen to. We have listeners all over the world. For someone who's actually come to Australia and seen it through fresh eyes at one time, also you would have seen a lot of changes over the last 11 years, I would imagine. So I um, just think it'd be really good to give you the voice you deserve. So 
Tell us about yourself. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, when people ask me, you know, why did you move to Australia? Especially when they find out that I moved here from New York City mm-hmm. because, you know, Australians love New York City, generally. Um, so uh, they're oftentimes like, how could you give up us? How could you give up New York City to move to Australia? And um, you know, I actually I've been here for 11 years now, but I've only been in Brisbane for a year now, and uh, I spent the past 10 years living in Sydney. So um, just my sort of um, relationship with Australia goes back to 1999 when I went to Sydney Uni for my senior year of university, mm-hmm. and during that time, I pretty much just fell in love with the country. I loved. I fell in love with the people the nature, the beaches, Um, you know, I traveled up and down the East Coast, all the way up to, you know, Daintree Rainforest, Cape Tribulation, um, Byron Bay, which, you know, still has my heart, Uh, Melbourne, you know, pretty much the whole East Coast. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, while I was here for those six months of university, just really felt like this is home. You know, there's very few places in the world where you just say, like, I feel right here. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think the only other place currently that I have kind of brewing in the back of my head as a potential home for at least a portion of my life would be... um, uh, Florence or Firenze oh, wow. in, in Italy. I, I was there for a, a choir tour and uh, just felt something felt very right there. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have some time there in my future for sure. But yeah, um, after graduating, I grew up in the, the Midwest in Minnesota, um, which is you know at the center of the country, at the top, next to Canada. So generally, when people ask me and they meet, they ask about my ac- accent, they. Um, they think I'm Canadian. And I don't know if they're being polite or if they do actually think I sound Canadian, because I do, actually. Um, But uh, I kind of explain to them where I'm from. And, and, you know, the funny thing about the Midwest, if you haven't been, and, you know, most Aussies have not been, um, you know, like, Minnesota has, uh, it's called the Twin Cities, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Uh, It's the birthplace of Prince. He's kind of our Mm -hmm. hometown boy. Uh, we have the Mall of America, the largest shopping center in the States. Really? Uh, and um, the thing that's, I brought my best mate, Steve, who is Australian, to Minnesota um, probably like, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. And he was like shocked that there were like skyscrapers and tall buildings. You know, he just kind of thought LA, Chicago, and New York were those. I think a lot of us are guilty of that, thinking it's the main cities that you would have not heard of because I've heard of Minnesota, but you just there are just a few cities that are renowned for people going to on holidays and stuff too. But I think we just forget that there are all these amazing places to see. That do you get a lot of tourists through in Minnesota? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and you know the population is millions of people, so it's not like Australia where there's only five <laughs> huge cities. It's like actually the states has fifty huge cities. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up there, which was a fantastic place to grow up very cold. I literally shoveled snow that was like as high as my chest just to get out my driveway as a kid. Uh, and then I lived in New York City for 10 years. But between um, Minnesota and New York City, I came to Australia for mm-hmm. uh, six months for school. And um, yeah, I just um, just fell in love with it. And I just knew I had to come back. So I spent 10 years in New York City, worked my butt off. So basically my 20s were spent in New York City. And mm-hmm. in New York City, like you don't leave your desk. You don't even consider leaving your desk until 7 p.m. at night, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which, you know, was okay when you're in your 20s and you're willing to be really ambitious. And then you still go home and work until 1 a.m. Yeah. on PowerPoint presentations. Uh, but uh, when I was 30, basically, to get into Australia on the 457 visa, you had to be 30 or younger. So it was kind Same. of like a yeah. now or never kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, packed my bags and, uh, and moved to Sydney. And because um, the thing that I love about Sydney was really... Um, you know, I just, uh, actually, drag was a huge part of why I yeah. moved to Australia. I really moved to Sydney to up my drag and get much more involved in the drag scene, which is still, you know, world class. And, you know, I go see drag whenever I travel the world. So, um, 
Uh, I had a great time there, but uh, after 10 years in Sydney, I was like, you know what? Actually, I built a house up here in Brisbane. That's really why I moved yeah. up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, like you do. Like, as you do. Build a house. And, uh, you know, I loved my time in Sydney, but uh, I kind of seemed to be like spending 10 years in every single location. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so funny you said about Australians asking why you would have moved to New York. Um, I was the exact same when you told me that because New York is one of my favourite places in the world. Um, also, I don't know if the other guys feel free to jump in, but um, can relate as well. There's been places that I've visited and straight away felt like I was at home. So apart from, obviously, England, um, the two cities that I fell in love with straight away that I think I would love to try living in one day if it was easier, at 35, is New York and Auckland. And I'm, I just... I'm definitely the same with New York. Auckland uh-huh. being that it was home... Yeah. It was great, but I think New York and, um, and Los Angeles, or actually San Diego, I was, we were there for the first time a couple of years ago and just were there for 24 hours and just fell in love with the city. It had such a beautiful feel, um, been right on the beach, been, I guess, living in Brisbane and before that in New Zealand, just had that real coastal vibe. But the people, I think, were probably the nicest Americans I've ever met. They, they felt familiar, like they were almost mm-hmm. Kiwis or Aussies. Um, they were just super laid back and chilled and it was just a really really beautiful culture and just so, so, so pretty. Mm. Yeah. You, you I would live in San Diego as well. Oh, you did? Yeah. I would. Oh, you would? I definitely would, yeah. I think that the people really make a place. Um, oh, 100, yeah. You know, that's, um, people ask me where my favourite place is and it's Glasgow. Oh, really? Absolutely loved it. it and it's the people. The people were just amazing. And mm-hmm. yeah, one of the greatest times of my life there. So oh, that's awesome. I would live there in a heartbeat, but yeah. See, I've never been and I get shamed quite a lot over here because Australians think because I'm from England, I would have gone to all of the European countries and cities and just didn't really. Like I did a few of the party islands when I was like 18, 19, then it was America and then it was here. But yeah, so now I hear all these amazing things about Edinburgh and Glasgow, never done them. But I think that's common for, for Kiwis and Aussies. Like I grew up as a, as a child of flight attendant, so all our holidays were outside of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. It was America or London or Frankfurt or Fiji. I only really went to the South Island when I started working. Um, in aviation myself and I go there quite regularly for work now but I've only been to Wanaka once and that was a year ago for a friend's wedding and I'm a Kiwi it's like you don't explore your backyard you yeah. get on a plane and go and explore everyone else's backyard because you want their experience and yeah. you want to meet the different people and experience different culture and it's kind of sad because now I think you know I'm in my late 30s pushing 40 you're nowhere near are you I'm close and you know there's it, in New Zealand, between the North and South Island, I'm sure it's like the States, each state you go to is a completely different culture and a different vibe and, and different type of people. And I, I wish I, as, as a child or as a, as a teenager, explored my own backyard a little bit more. Yeah. And it's something in Australia, we've been in Brisbane for 12 years and we've seen a few little bits here and there through work and through travel, but you know, I really want to go meet a quokka. Mm. I really oh, want to have that photo or, or yeah, go okay. to a one bank sanctuary in, in, in Tasmania. They're my yeah. spirit animals. Um, oh, that's cute. I want to see a quokka. Yeah, you know, I would bet that um, uh, I've probably seen more of Australia than most Australians. That's because when I moved here, uh, I spent six, I took six months to do what's called willing workers on organic farms, which is abbreviated as woofing. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> I woof a lot. Or do you get woofed a lot at? <laughs> Either or. So um, I spent six months woofing and, um, you know, I've been to Mount Isa. I've spent, you know, time in Humpty Doo. Uh, you know, I've Where's lived, Humpty Doo? 
Uh, Melbourne Territory. Yeah, wow. kind of on the way to Kakadu outside of uh, Well, outside of course, of Darwin. yeah. I was going to say, there I is think a place on the way. I've lived, in, uh, I've lived in Agnes Water <laughs> slash Town of 1770, you know, all these places mm-hmm. that, you know, most Aussies have never, ever been to. And, or heard um, of, I imagine. What's that? Or heard of. Or heard of, yeah. When I first got here, I, start, I was doing a lot of call centre work, as I think I've mentioned, and a lot of the time the stuff that we were selling was legitimate stuff, if you do any background checks. Um, we would often say to someone, once they wanted to buy what we were selling, it was, okay, we need 100 points of ID. And I guess as an English person, back home I would have had it all. So it's like, okay, I need a driving licence. Yep, got it. Need a utility bill. Yep, got it. And just your passport. I don't have one. And I was really shocked when I got here how many Australians didn't have a passport. So, yeah, I guess... They don't really travel to, yeah, or see a lot of their own country. I've hardly seen any of Australia. I've done a weekend in Sydney, a podcast course in Melbourne. Look at me now. Um, and then Adelaide Fringe, and other than that, I've not really left Brisbane, like Brisbane to Gold Coast or Sunny Coast. So I'm just fitting in. So in terms of opportunities, so anyone listening thinking, hey, I want to go to Australia, and DJ Dolly Lama's my idol. What can you... Um, what would you tell someone who's never been over here who would like to come over here? What works best for them? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would definitely say, you know, the I found coming, especially from New York City, from a work perspective, mm-hmm. um, they eat you up because it's very much like, oh, you've worked on global... I do, um, by day, I do advertising and uh, brand strategy consulting. Oh, we might need to meet with you after this episode, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Stay. And, <laughs> and um, so it's like, you know, the fact that I've worked on big brands like Levi's and MTV and whatnot, so I've started interviewing ad agencies here, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a real kind of thirst for that kind of experience because, you know, there, there is a bit of a, you know, a, a lot of people do, you know, take a gap year or do want to escape and go overseas and work in London for a while. So um, so I found, you know, coming from the States and having kind of that big brand work experience was very beneficial. Um, otherwise, you know, in terms of like, you know, people saying, oh, is it easy or hard to be away from your family and your friends and whatnot? Yeah. And, Honestly, just like the way you have it with social media these days and, you know, you just feel like you're not that distant from them. You know what's happening. You see what's going on. You see their kids getting older. And, um, yeah, so I just feel like I'm not really missing out on things all that much. And I I do go home for one big sort of uh, holiday each year, try to escape the Australian winter of July. Oh, I'd escape the summer. Okay, I'm I'm here for the heat. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I say, you know, do it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, you only live once and you just have to, you'll, you, you'll find yourself happy wherever you are. Yeah. I, I'm a big, like going back to my kind of Buddhist background is it's like, um, you know, I really do believe that wherever you are, you know, you just have to find happiness mm-hmm. there. And so, um, you definitely find happiness in Australia. It's very, you know, it's very easy is I think the thing I say about it. It's, um, you know, I like to say this to people, Australia is the same geographic size as the U S mm. but one thirteenth of the population. So it's like, if you looked around and just imagine eliminating, you know, 12 of the 13 people. And that's what you're left with. Yeah. I say this to people in the States. They're like, wow, I can't imagine what that's like. It's like, I love the fact that there are very few lines to get to the bar here. Yes. It's like, you can go straight up to the bar and get your gin and tonic. It's great service at the Wickham, isn't it? Wherever you all are, everyone, <laughs> the Wickham. The Wickham. That's a very good point. And also, um, you said about technology these days. Like, I've got a really great bond with my nieces and nephew. And my nephew, who... I felt like I've watched him grow up and he's nine. I'm, well, he's 10 this year. I moved here 10 years ago. And that's because of things like WhatsApp and FaceTime and stuff. So it does make it a bit easier, doesn't it? Heaps. And um, what I love telling people um, back home is how, you know, if I fancy something 
particular for dinner, Brendo and I will jump in a car and sometimes you might drive 20 minutes to get that thing because to you that's still really local where in England if you go if you go in 20 minutes you're almost at a holiday destination like it's crazy because this place is just huge and so yeah fast and unpopulated mm-hmm. all right thank you sure um, do you actually have a comment in on the Facebook page Lily Kay would like to live in the deep south or Colorado which I know she's actually just come back from she loves her wolf so went on a wolf tour there um, the USA Thailand Hungary or my house, so she can come and stay with me. That's just in Aspley, but it's not that exotic. But Lydia, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Thanks for your comment. Um, guest number two. Hello. Jeremy, our aviation specialist of the day. How you doing? I'm very, very good. Good. Now, um, gave you a little bit of a brief of why I wanted you on this episode, but I didn't really need to ask you too much because this was pretty much made for you. Right. Now, when we say aviation specialist, tell us, what does that mean? Um, well, I guess I have grown up in aviation. I was the son of a flight attendant, so it was kind of in my blood to be gay. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> um, if my mum didn't have a gay son, it would have been probably really awkward for mm-hmm. her. Um, she wouldn't have been included into the club. Um, and in fact, when she first came to visit us and we first moved here, the first thing she said to us after we'd been here for three months was, where is nearest gay bar? And we came to the Wickham with our 10 of our new friends and she stayed up later than I did. I've met your mum and can believe that. Actually. But it's very, very yeah. true. She's, she's a bit crazy. But um, so my, I've had a very, very background in aviation. I started um, in, as a crew member in New Zealand for a long haul airline, mm-hmm. um, an Australian airline based in New Zealand, and was lucky enough to see a lot of the world and go on these crazy, what they would call pairings back in the day where I was away for 16 to 21 days, bouncing all around the world up to Frankfurt and back. Um, it was a crazy, crazy time for a 23-year-old, a single 23-year-old. Yeah, I'd say single being the key word there, I'd say. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I would probably, well, my partner would use the term popular. Um, We're all looking at him. He's here for support. Hey, Ken. <laughs> so, but <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the cheap seats, we're getting heckled by the, by, by the back row. <laughs> um, but uh, when we moved to, we went travelling, ended up in some some pretty crazy places, and then ended up in Brisbane and started with the um, competitor airline that's based um, in Brisbane. And I've had um, an extremely um, crazy career mm. uh, path with them for for twelve years, from starting off in the complaints department, working through to managing um, a support network for cabin crew, um, into my current role where I'm managing all of the third party providers for the operation. So it's crew hotels, mm-hmm. customs and immigration. Um, a, a company that manages the travel for cabin crew and fly crew when they fly on non-VA lines and, and also um, managing port induction. So it's, it's really, very, really varied. It's, yeah. it's great to work for, a, I guess, an airline and not be operational staff but feel like you work mm-hmm. for an airline. Um, I think that's the, that, that's the key thing I really, really enjoy is being um, so heavily involved with the day-to-day running of the airline. I'm not just in an office. So... Um, there are roles within, I guess, any, any organisation where you don't feel like you're making a positive impact or a change to, to the business or, the, I guess, the end user being the passenger. Mm-hmm. Um, my role um, really does impact that journey. So it's, it's, it's really dynamic. But I guess the key thing that I really love about uh, my current role as well is I managed and created the, a pride network within the business. Yeah, which I um, heard went quite well. Yeah, it did. I was lucky enough to, to win a CEO award um, with that and um, get to travel to London to meet the group um, director or owner or founder of the business yep. in, in London, which was um, a pretty crazy four days um, and something I think I'll um, take to the grave. It was probably oh, one of the most sure. amazing experiences. It was 
super inspiring being in a room with um, 100 other what they call stars of the, of the group mm-hmm. um, and hearing these stories. I had dinner with an astronaut who was super excited about what we were doing um, here in Brisbane with the LGBTI community within the organisation and I was like, you're an astronaut. <laughs> like, Same. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, 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 I book hotels. So <laughs> it was... It was, it, was, it, was, it was surreal. And I'm sure that astronaut had to stay at a few hotels doing their trading, so you're all completely linked. Sure. Um, so no, taking it back, I um, know you've got loads of really important information to share with us tonight. Now, as you mentioned earlier on about being a, the gay son, I remember being gay myself once and thinking that being um, cabin crew would be the most glamorous job in the world. I'm a real aviation nerd, so I collect model planes. When I book my trips... Kieran, just keep this noted. Mm-hmm. I like to know what planes I'm flying on and I will sometimes book my trip to make sure I'm on, like if I can get on the 747 one last time. I'm a complete aviation nerd, oh so right. you have come to the let's right change the ep- Let's change the episode, <laughs> let's change the theme of this podcast. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about life um, travelling for an airline and in times where if you've ever been somewhere where, because obviously you'd have to stay, as you said, for quite long mm-hmm. legs sometimes, any places you travelled where you didn't feel quite as safe as a younger single gay guy or places that you felt completely safe and was really embraced it at the time we'll just tell your partner to cover his ears in case you've got stories well when i was crew i i went to a lot of the mainline ports that most new zealand australian airlines go to so america london um frankfurt and i kind of used the line that to get into the bars because everyone's a flight attendant in west hollywood everyone's oh, cabin really? crew so if you've got an accent you're cabin crew and i was like oh no i'm we're not cabin crew, we're part of, part of the filming crew for the Power Rangers, and we would skip to the front of the line. So <laughs> I was, filmed that in New Zealand, don't It you? was, yeah, so it was, okay. kind of like, it was kind of like my little, um, my little cheat sheet. But um, to be honest, like, as crew and as young, you, were kind, you kind of think when you're young that you're invincible. So um, I felt really safe in a lot of the ports that we went to, mm-hmm. and airlines are really good at looking after and protecting their crew by placing them in places where you're in safe zones, you're yep. in safe areas. So really it comes down to more how you, where you put yourself when you're on your layover. Um, the the safest place I probably felt was Frankfurt and Singapore. Okay. Um, purely because, you know, no one did anything wrong in Singapore. So, you know, if your shirt's tucked in, not tucked in, you're in jail. Yeah. Um, but, and with Frankfurt, yeah, chewing it's, it's chewing gum. Chewing gum's still illegal, illegal. And, you, and you cannot take a pee in an elevator or an escalator. There well, there goes my holiday. So you, you're out, Paul. Um, <laughs> You've seen my other website. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um, but, but Frankfurt, I felt really, really safe. And we stayed in this beautiful little um, town just outside of Frankfurt, Good Mines, and it was built around um, in, in circles. So it's the older the city was in the centre, and then each ring, it was like a next generation. So oh. you had cobblestones and tiny little beautiful homes, and then as you got out, you got more and more industrial to the Hilton Mines where we stayed, which was like a big giant brick, and it was like, it felt like you were in a, in a refrigerator. It was just white walls and everything was boxy. Um, one place I didn't feel the safest, though, was Shanghai. Okay. Um, I kind of felt that not knowing the, the language and being that it was so busy... Um, I kind of put it on par as New York in terms of busyness where 
you walk in a line and if you stop, you're going to get run over by someone else because it's just constant flow of people and everyone is walking on a mission. Mm. So I felt that really quite, that was quite daunting for me because I'm a dawdler and I want to look around and look at things and yeah. explore and you're just getting constantly shuffled and, and, and kind of like, you know, your shoulder barged because you were just in the way. Not, and I found that quite, quite daunting. Um, the Middle East, I thought, was a little bit scary at times just because, you know, you hear the stories of if... You're, 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 if you're a member of the community that you know it's an unsafe place to be so mm-hmm. it's about having your wits about you and making yeah. sure that you're, you're being safe and following I guess the guidelines and respecting the cultures of the place that you're in yeah. um, which I think is a, a, the best rule you can have regardless yeah. of your crew or travelling anywhere you know you want to explore and well for me travel is all about enjoying someone else's culture and mm-hmm. seeing how other people live and, and being part of life there yeah. so if you're going to go to these places, you've kind of got to expect to blend in in a way, and that's not to hide who you are, but just yeah. be respectful of who's around you and what you're doing. Um, I think if you're going to go to um, places, it's always good to go in groups, or if you're unsure of um, certain places or certain or certain travel. So one thing that used to always bug me as a as a I guess a young gay traveling, or even now, is when you rock up to reception and you say, "Hey, I'm Jeremy." His um, one room and they look at you and they, they see my partner and they go, oh, you've booked a bed with one king bed. Did you want <laughs> us to change? I'm like, no, no, that's my partner. And they kind of look at you a bit odd. But if you're traveling to like Gay Pride or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or the Gay Games or the Out Games or these major events or the Mardi Gras, the, the, the hotels are expecting there to be a, an influx of LGBTI mm-hmm. people. So they're a lot more relaxed and they're a lot more friendly. And I've been to the same hotel in Sydney during Mardi Gras and outside of Mardi Gras and had two different experiences. Oh, really? Um, based on the st- what the staff expect. So um, I was listening to another podcast. Whose was it and what did they talk about? It was Let's the, get them shut down. They sound the, shit. Li- <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. It don't was, say it now because I'll be in trouble. It was um, a, a bank and it was online oh, yeah. and they were talking they about... They listen to this podcast. <laughs> ...that every day that you have to come out. Get me another Even, even as, a, as, as an out and proud person, every day you have to come out at least once during that day. And it kind of reminded me of, yeah, sometimes when you go to a hotel and you go to check in, you have to come out again because they, I mean, as soon as I open my mouth, they're like, oh, okay, she's a sister. Hey, girl. But yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but they're, um, but you know, like, it's like, oh, there's, there's, there's two guys and there's one bed. This is going to be awkward for them or me. And it's, it's, and it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So I think when you have those, th- those moments, just be like, say, no, no, it's, it's, it's all good. There's, yeah. it's, it's, I'm traveling with my partner or my husband or my, my wife or, or whatever it's. It, it, I think it's about diffusing it there and then and, and saying, hi, I'm check- my partner and I are checking in. Mm. And that's a really good way to break that ice because then it stops that conversation from happening. Yeah. We, uh, say we, the podcast, we always ask people to get in touch with us and I will come to that a little bit later on. And this week's the whole theme, all the messages that I got. Also, um, a new Facebook friend of mine, Kirk, sent me a few of his blogs to read through. And I think you touched on a really important part there that know the place you're going to, know their beliefs, know their laws. Um, and I will read them out later, so I don't want to spoil too much about it, but it is a case of, um, you know, if you're staying somewhere where you know it's illegal to be homosexual and you go to a hotel and they say to you politely, oh, was it the two beds? Like, Maybe don't argue it. Yeah, exactly. Like, just push the it, two beds yeah. together when you get into the yeah. room. Yeah. Um, so, you, you've got to be respectful of yeah, their I cultures. Think so. what's, what's the point of going if yeah. you expect everything to be yeah. how it is here? And it's not saying people shouldn't be who they are. Yeah. 
um, I think you just, if you're traveling to these countries, you need to be aware mm-hmm. of their customs and, um, and how, and you know, how they work. And totally agree. it's not that they're disrespectful um, yeah. of you, it's just their upbringing and their, mm-hmm. and their culture and you need to be, I and think, f- understanding of that. And first yeah. and foremost, do you want to be causing an issue at check-in or at a hotel or anywhere, like, or, you know, walking around Brisbane or Australia or New Zealand or parts of America, it's, it's totally cool to, to hold your partner's hand. In other places, it's not. And is it worth putting yourself at yeah. risk to prove a point? And I know it's not right. Mm-hmm. We should be able to do that type of stuff wherever we are and be, be free to be who we are and our, our true selves. But sometimes I think if you're going to be in other cultures and other places, you need to be respectful and put your own safety first. And I think that, that that's the, the, the key message. Um, put your own safety first. Because, yeah. you know, I've been in some very progressive places and, and be called homo and names. I mean, it happens, it happens here in Brisbane today. So, yep. you know, Sorry. we still need to be, yeah. Since when you walked in in that shirt. No, like, it wasn't. <laughs> um, sorry, I do think Dolly's got something to say and then we've also got a Facebook question. Uh, uh, I was just curious actually, um, what about Russia? Because um, you've seen all those horrible videos yeah. about what they do people mm-hmm. there, but yet I still like see mates of mine going to Russia who are openly out and gay. Like mm-hmm. how do they, do you know anything about that? Like how do they manage that? I think, well, I've, I've never been and I don't know anyone who has, but from what I've seen, I think it's more about, again, in public places, be a little bit more respectful and of their culture and yeah. be a bit more safe. And then in behind closed doors, like in some of those parties, like, you know, it's, it's, all, it's all open and, 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 res- and you can do stuff there but, and be more your true self. So I think it's about picking and choosing your audience and time and place. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I personally, I wouldn't go there or put myself in, in, that, in that position to, to be picked on or to be bullied or to be thrown in jail or, you know, because with all the great stories, you hear all the bad stories. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want, I'm not a major risk taker. So to me, that would be something that would be too, too much of a risk level for me. But the opposite end is I miss out on possibly a great experience. I'm great things yeah. about Russia, actually. Where like, it's um, not many LGBTQI friends have been there, but other friends I know have been, loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, whereas I'm the opposite, I would, I would go in a heartbeat. So I, I can't think of anywhere where I, I wouldn't travel to. Yeah. Um, I've never been anywhere where I've felt unsafe. And I think it just comes down to, as you said, just being aware. Yeah. Um, just if, if for no other reason but for your own safety. Um, you know, sometimes you do just have to maybe just put an act a little bit and... Mm-hmm. Um, but even here, right, yeah. or, in, or in Sydney or in New York, there are certain blocks or streets that you'd be like, okay, I'm walking, yeah. walking. Oh, no, that doesn't look like it's a safe space for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to deviate and go somewhere else where I feel safe. You get that yeah. gut feeling, so you kind of know if it's a good place or not, regardless if it's home or away. And even when Brendan's come back to England with me, like we can walk through London and I wouldn't think twice about holding his hand in public, but walking through our hometown in Essex... And I've said to Brendan before walking through, like, look, just don't. And Brendan's like, oh, I want to hold your hand. I know this place, I'm from here. And it's not, people probably wouldn't say something, but I also know that they also could. But again, I've lived out of there for 10 years. But it's about knowing where you are. And as you were saying earlier on about, you know, if a hotel kicked off that I had booked a king-size bed, Brendo. Um, yeah, if we're going on holiday, I'll treat you. Queen, kingside bed? Kingside? You want kingside? Yeah, kingside bed. Um, if they were like, well, if, and it was in London or New York and people arguing with us, there it would be an issue because I know they're just being a jerk. Where if we were flying transi- uh, tra- transit in Dubai, 
and the same thing, I'd be like, you know what, this is what you do, so that's fine. Um, like, before we bring you in officially, Kieran, because it's your time to shine, quick question we've got through on the Facebook page. Um, question for all, a big motivation for travel for many is food. If you could teleport anywhere right now to eat, where would it be? P.S. Hey, Jeremy. He says hi back, Sean. Hi, um, Sean. Um, go on, we'll, we'll whip round. I Quick would fire. probably go maybe Thailand to um, experience some really beautiful, like, a nice Thai pumpkin curry. Mm. For me, it would be um, Malaysia, because mm-hmm. I love Malaysian food, and I really want to see those uh, Petronas Towers. Okay. Uh, Vietnam for me. Yeah. Definitely. But what food? Not what food? All of it. All, All of it? Okay. I'll eat anything. Mine would be, we were in Hong Kong in transit, flying back to London, and Brendo's one of those people, if you travel with, he's great, we can deal with him on the plane, but he knows someone in every single city, so we catch up with friends all the time, which turns out to be really good. They're always really nice people. But um, his friend met us in Hong Kong, we went for a drink, and then she took us in this taxi. I had no idea where we were. We were near a wet market and a dry market, and she took us to this because she knew that I'm a vegan. Um, we went to this um, dim sum, was it? Yeah, dim Was it? What was it? Right? Yum cha. Sorry, it was a yum cha restaurant. And I just knew I was allowed. Shut up. I just knew I could eat absolutely. Don't really shut up. Sorry. I could eat absolutely everything on the menu. And that food just kept coming. And to this day, every now and again, we'll be like, oh, what do you want for dinner? And we'll say that place. And we don't even know where it was in Hong Kong. So um, that's mine. Good question, Sean. Keep them coming, everybody else. But in the meantime, let's bring in guest number three, travel agent. Hello. Hi, Kieran. How are you? That's not your name. Kieran, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. So tell us a little bit about what got you into being a travel agent, because you've had a bit of a career before that. Uh, I have, yes. Yeah. So long, long, long story short, uh, growing up as a kid, I always wanted to be a pilot. Uh, that was just my dream, absolute dream career. Uh, studied pretty hard to get there. Um, went through the whole Air Force recruitment process, got wow. to the end, and uh, discovered I was colourblind. No way. So After how many years of... Uh, I'm obviously, all through high school. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, so obviously a career change from there. Dabbled in a few different things. Wow. Um, so it. what colour is Paul's shirt? So I couldn't even tell you. Uh, orange? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. It's, yeah, it's colour blind. Yeah. It's mainly shades of red and green, um, which is quite important when you're in a cockpit <laughs> with all those lights. Um, you don't want to <laughs> yeah. be getting them wrong. Uh, so, so, yeah, that sort of shattered my childhood dream. Um, so oh. then... You know, I dabbled in a few things and ended up landing in finance, which I had a quite a good career in. Um, it was quite successful, uh, but I just wasn't happy. So a friend of mine said, why don't you get into travel? You know, you love traveling. Um, why don't you do it? So uh, yeah, so I went and started work for one of the bigger companies, which I won't mention. Uh, loved the job, hated working for them. Okay. Uh, so then I um, yeah, took on my own franchise with travel managers and here I am. So, yeah. Amazing. So um, I, I wanted a travel agent on the episode because, again, it's a travel episode, so we should, totally should. Um, so one of the things I would be really interested in is um, advice you would give to somebody that came in. So we've already mentioned here, you know, like we are all gay guys actually around the table tonight. It does vary most weeks. But yeah. if we were traveling, so is there any particular places where you would suggest not to go? Like, is it hard sometimes uh, to tell someone the, pl- the trip they want Look, to book think, reviews, not for them? I think travel, there's no cookie-cutter answer to that question. Uh, travel's a very personal, individual thing. So everyone wants something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, if you were coming to me to plan your same-sex 
honeymoon, yeah. for instance, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't send you to somewhere like Saudi Arabia. Okay. You know, not a great idea. Um, but, you know, everyone wants different things from travel, so it's not, it's not a clear-cut yeah. answer, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, so I guess that part of my role and what I do is to, you know, really get to know people and know what they're looking for and then offer solutions based, based on that information. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And um, do you see a spike in places? Like, at the moment, where is it? I know you've had a bit of a tough week this week. We won't we might talk we around talk about. the virus. Is, yeah. <laughs> is there anywhere in particular that you think at the moment is... Because you know how sometimes somewhere becomes the place to be and it's really unexpected? Um, yeah, look, there isn't sort of one place or another at the moment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, China's a bit of a no-go zone. Um, you know, Europe's always wildly popular. Um, and there's sort of different sort of areas of their popping up here and there. Uh, the US, again, uh, a lot of people have been many times, but now you're finding people starting to be more interested in sort of more regional cities yeah. rather than just going to the, the norm. You've got, um, you know, Qantas of launching flights direct to Chicago, which really opens up a lot of the US uh, a lot more than it has been before. So. Yeah, there's no, as I said, there's nowhere in particular. Um, you've got places like Samoa, probably up and coming in terms of Pacific Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most people have done Fiji, Vanuatu, those sort of places looking for something different. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's an ever-evolving industry, you know, yeah. and it's, uh, you've got to keep on top of it. And you deal with domestic trips as well? I do do domestic trips. Okay. Um, obviously, at the moment, uh, after the bushfires yeah. and, you know, um, what a lot of communities are going through, there's a really big push mm-hmm. Uh, for Australians to travel at home this year. Yeah. Uh, and look, look, we're all for it as an industry. We, we think it's a great thing. Um, Australia just has so much to offer, uh, which, as we mentioned before, it's just so many people don't realise. You, do, you don't holiday in your own backyard. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's time a lot of Australians actually did and, yeah. and got out there. And, you know, we, we have amazing things to offer in Australia mm-hmm. that we just, um, you just don't realise until you actually get out there and see it. So, so where would your favourite place in Australia be to go on holiday? Um, for me, I really love Darwin as a, as a holiday. It's, like, um, it's such an eclectic city, um, being so close to Asia. It's got such a great Asian influence. Uh, it's got a great backpacker influence, so the nightlife's quite vibrant. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it up there. But, Sweet. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live there. It's no. way too hot. Yeah. So. You so, wouldn't cope up there with that heat. No, not with my English <laughs> rose skin. I'd burn to a crisp. You should have seen me this long weekend. But what we might do, because we've spoken about Australia, we might bring in our Give It To Me Straight guests. Now, we are hoping that they are sat by their phone like a competition winner back in the 90s, like a kids' TV show. So if your names are Aidan and Sarge, we're going to call you now, and if the phone rings, you have to answer and say, I listen to Can Host, the podcast. Oh, it's ringing. Oh, this is amazing. Hello? Oh, hi. I'm looking to speak to Aidan, if possible, please. Yeah, it's, it's Aiden. Hi, mate. It's me. How are you? It's Paul, by the way. Yeah, good. Did I, did, did I trick you with the voice? Yeah, I'm like, hang on, I'm listening to you talk right now. <laughs> well, welcome to the Can Host podcast. Are you nervous? Uh, not too bad. Good work. Are you drinking like we're all drinking around the table? You can say yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, uh... No, we had a, a wine today at, at a vineyard, but um, that was about as far as it went. Fancy. So as you know, and first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I know I sent you a bit of a desperate message and thought I might have to beg you to do this, but you are our guest this week as Give It To Be Straight because your family are on quite the adventure. Can you? Yes, we are. Yeah, so Not So Tranquil Tribe. Are you happy to reveal where you are currently? 
Well, I, I am. I'm actually sitting in my vehicle, my car, with my daughter, Indiana. <gasps> uh, we're in uh, Launceston. Ah. In, in Tasmania. Yeah. So, um, and apparently it's, summer, apparently it's summer down here at uh, six degrees yesterday. Six degrees? But wasn't it like 40 degrees earlier this week or was that a different part of Tasmania? No, no, not down Tassie, I think. No, I'm sure it was in Hobart. Okay, so, but well, you know you're there, so not really feeling the summer life right now. Not at all. Right, okay. So what we are going to do is we are going to get into a little bit of the backstory of how you're in um, Launceston at the moment. I did put a bit of blurb up for you guys on the Facebook page, but I just thought you're, what you're doing right now is absolutely amazing. And the few people that I've told about you coming on and what you're doing, we're really excited to hear a little bit more. But before we do, I've got a bit of announcement to tell you, Aiden. Okay. So, as you know, I've been um, dating your cousin Brendan for six years this year, and yeah. so- something has changed since you've been away. We went camping. We you went got a, camping. You got another dog? No, we don't need four oh. dogs. We went camping <laughs> in a tent. I did see that. Yeah. Are you proud of us? You're breaking boundaries. I know. Do you know what? Truth be told, the reason why we bought the tent is so everyone around here is looking at Brendan. No, we didn't get engaged. We went camping. That's the reveal. I was like clutching my purse. (laughs) No, 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 not ready for that. I'm really young. Um, Yeah, and actually it turns out the tent that we camped in was the tent that we bought for that weekend. We were supposed to stay at yours for the weekend. And remember I bought Megatron, our great day when he was a puppy and I had to take him home. Yes, yeah, yes, well, I do remember that. Well, we use it. So we camp now, so we can probably join you for a leg of your trip and actually be all right. Oh, fantastic. Come and join us. Well, we will. But enough about us. I just wanted to tell you that, kind of you'd be proud. So, um, <laughs> as we mentioned, the not-so-tranquil tribe are on a bit of an adventure. Can you first tell us a little bit and our listeners about what made you decide to take such a massive leap? Um, well, my wife, Dasha, and I, we've, we've done a fair bit of travelling, I think. Um, one of the major um, things that got us into camping was my sister Tanita and her husband Garnet, who are avid campers. Um, they sort of instilled the adventure in us. Mm-hmm. Um, we travelled um, for our uh, when we got married. We went on a cruise in Hawaii for I don't know ten days or something. But then we spent a year working in Canada, and we spent a good part of three months travelling from the um, east coast to the west coast and we camped the whole way. Okay. And then so that so, was pre-children? That was definitely pre-children. Yeah, okay. So then now, a few years down the line, you decided you got the bug back? Yeah. Um, again, my sister Tanita and her husband, they went travelling uh, 15 years ago, I think. And their children were about the same age as our children. And over the years um, at at family gatherings and things like that, they always seem to bring up something, you know, on their trip. Um, I remember Jay saying, you know, Dad, where were we when we were fishing off that pier and that um, the the guy gave us some bait and we caught some fish for for dinner? So the the kids bringing up those Mm -hmm. memories over 15 years, I think that was a big thing that really made us want to do it for our kids. Definitely. Wow, okay. Yeah, I've just realised Tanita always asks, actually, she invites me and Brendan most years to go and join them camping and now she knows that we've camped, <laughs> so just set myself up for that, haven't I? <laughs> so you set off, was it the end of the last school term you guys packed up? Yeah, so um, we finished, I think, on the 14th mm-hmm. of December and we left on the 15th. Wow. So we left pretty much the day after school finished. 
So there's six of you in total, right? There's, I've, I've got that right. I'm, I'm not a terrible family member. Six of you in total on the trip? Yes, that's correct. So how do you pack for 12 months? I struggled for a weekend. <laughs> we have, um, I guess there's six shelves that um, we created in the van. And we pretty much said to the kids, whatever you can fit on that shelf, mm-hmm. you can bring. Okay. So um, we've got um, Sasha's the most amazing packer in the world. I don't so she doubt packed that, all their clothes. And then uh, we pretty much told the kids, you know, it's, it's minimalistic this year. So they're allowed to bring um, maybe a... So um, small toys, um, soft toys. We bought lots of games um, so we could play um, cards. So really minimalistic. And you know what? We haven't missed anything that's what I was, one thing since we've been away that's amazing so you're what about two almost two months in yeah 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 okay so, wow that's really cool so obviously what they chose was obviously really important to them and it's not even thought about what's left back at home that's a really good lesson in itself like you know how kids just get really attached to things and devices and stuff now um yeah yep sorry go on yep um i was gonna say that the kids are actually excited about um, two Christmases when we get home because they get to open open the boxes with all their toys and that they haven't seen for 12 months. So they're excited oh. to get back and, and experience two lots of Christmases. Yeah. That's actually really good. I would have actually thought that way as a kid as well. Just more thought about what I'm going to get in a year's time. Um, so, so far, we're two months in. Um, highs and lows. Oh, actually, before we talk about highs and lows. So you set off, like, basically when the bushfires were kind of at a point where they were getting yeah. quite serious. Have you had to pl- uh, change any of your travel plans? Well, it's been, it, we've constantly been changing. So the, the best thing about having the 12 months is nothing's really a problem if we... If we can't get anywhere and, you know, we have to um, backtrack to, to get back up again, it, it's not a problem at all. We yeah. um, really wanted to get out from from Canberra. We wanted to get out to Bega. Um, and obviously the roads got cut off, so we couldn't get out there. So we headed down to um, Wodonga because we had some friends there. And then we wanted to get out to the lakes entrance. And then that got cut off as well by the bushfires. And then we just decided just to head straight down to Melbourne, um, spend some time down in Melbourne, and then get um, come over to Tasmania as, as quick as we could. Awesome. Okay. And then, so highs or lows so far? Like, have there been days where the kids are just really not feeding it, or you as the adults have not really been feeding it, or so far so good? Not yet. Um, we, as a family, love being in the caravan. So I actually keep saying the one thing that she absolutely loves is Every night we're all together. When we're at home, um, I might be in the lounge room, the kids might be in the rumpus room, Sasha might be in the bedroom. We've, we've got a, quite a large house and we don't get to see each other. But Sasha loves the fact that every night we're always together. We're in you know the same room every night, either um, you know, playing board games. I, I do have to say that we are very much glamping. Glamping, so all right, yeah, I, I can do For all that. the listeners out there, there's, there's, we're not doing it tough at all, so... We've got uh, we've got a TV and um, you know couches and things like that. So, mm-hmm. but it's just really nice to um, if the kids want to watch a movie, we just all watch it together. So um, we're really enjoying that that together time, and and we know that there's going to be times where it's going to be a bit strenuous and a bit tough. But um, yeah, I mean, that's all part parcel of it. 
Oh, what a good attitude. And then like, you, so the kids, you're teaching the kids as they go, yep, so they're learning. Yep, so um, we haven't been um, sticking to any um, solid routine yet. Um, we've been um, probably, I don't know, probably two, two days a week we've been doing, you know, math and English, but um, we've been doing lots of... Um, Lots of sightseeing and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, Indiana last year in year five at, um, at her school, learnt lots about um, the eighteen early eighteen hundreds in Australia and to go down to Port Arthur. It was really cool to, oh, so to walk around and read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it all make it all come to life. So, so it's been really good. Stuff. Yeah. Real life stuff. Mm. So the rest of our guests here, so we're all kind of just listening in a little bit of order. Does anyone have any questions for Aiden? Or Aiden, you said you've been listening. Do you have any questions for anybody here? Oh, they, they sound very well troubled, some yeah. of your guests. Yeah, well, we've got the professionals. Okay, so Dolly Lama's got a question. Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, aside from Indiana Jones, I've never ever heard of anybody with the name of Indiana. Can you just tell us the background on that name? Yeah. Um, well, two things came out of our North America trip. We um, oh, cool, decided yeah. that Indiana was the name for our daughter, and we decided that Jasper was the name for our dog. That's so very much, that both of those names came out of North America oh, when, when we were travelling there. Like Jasper. Jasper. Oh, Jasper. Okay. Yeah. Got it. From uh, Canada. Now, so Aiden, 12 months sounds like a really long time. Being two months in, do you kind of have a little bit of fear that you're not going to... Cr- like, I know you don't have too much of a plan, but are you kind of worried that it's going to just come and go quicker than you would have thought? Or do you think there are going to be times where you might think, oh, do you know what, I might just come back to the sunny coast. I really miss my awesome cousins and things like that. Or <laughs> I was actually having a conversation with Seth today. He's like, hey, you know, how, how are you going? How are you feeling? Um, and I said, I've only really thought about... Um, how it's all working once and I just thought I wonder if you know six months down the track I'm just going to go I've, I've had enough you know I just want to go home Yeah. but um, at the moment it's just I don't know it's very much the honeymoon phase Yeah. we, um, we went for a drive today uh, one thing that I really love is we, were, we drove up to the Beaconfield Mine today so we went and had a look at the museum there and we drove past a skate park and the kids were like can we go to the skate park? We're like, you know what? Yeah, you can. You know, it oh, just sorry. seems like we're in our day-to-day life, we're always just in a rush to get places. You mm-hmm. know, we're in a rush to get to work. We're in a rush to get to the shop. Then we've got to get home. It just feels like on this trip that we can, if the kids want to go to a park, we can just pull over and they can go to a park. You know, time's really irrelevant. It's, yeah. it's so relaxing. That's so cool. And such a good message to like everyone, like even at 35, I know I don't ever stop and I don't see this country that we live in. So you are an inspiration, not so tranquil tribe. <laughs> Have you been keeping in Thank touch you. with the rest of the family or am I like the first to speak to you? Just want to rub it in oh, their definitely. faces. definitely. You're, you're the first, for sure. All right, sweet. <laughs> cool. All right, now, well, thank you so much. Do you have anything else you wanted to add before we let you go and enjoy your night in, in Tasmania? Uh, no, no. Thank you so much for... Uh for giving me a call and give, giving us the opportunity. No, it's been so awesome to actually, again, catch up with you before even Brendan does. So thank you so much. Not So Tranquil Tribe on Facebook. So we do encourage people to go and watch your story as you go. But we will let yep. you get back to say hi to Indy and the rest of the family for me and we will round stuff up here in just a moment. So thank you so much for joining us, Aiden. Thanks for having us. Have a good one. All right. How cool is that? 
It's super cool. Yeah, like ridiculous. We're all just like watching and listening, like, no, just keep talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> right, so that also actually pretty much does bring us to the end of this episode as well. So thank you for those that have joined us live on the episode. Um, just a couple of things. I did ask people to get in touch, and when they do, I like to um, read them through. So a couple of things that came from... Um, the emails were actually both Dubai related as we mentioned so we got someone messaging saying they've been living in Dubai for a while now and a number of gay people live around where we live too they don't seem to have any issues when walking around living their day to day life but homosexuality is still illegal here it's such a shame they still have to be discreet about their sexuality but I have a sense that the locals at least in this part anyway have a don't ask don't tell mindset or actually just might not be able to tell and the second one very similar to what we've spoken about um so um, I have friends in a same-sex relationship. They were travelling and had a stop somewhere in the UAE. They decided to make a mini-stop for two nights and make the most of it. When they got to their hotel, they had booked a double bed, maybe king or queen, I can't remember. The hotel staff are obviously aware that this wasn't a mistake and quietly and discreetly advised an extra bed would be placed in their room. Neither party made, made a fuss, as my friends were aware of the laws and the staff members' customer service was top-notch, as you'd expect somewhere like that. Obviously, they shared a bed each night, but they would set an alarm every morning to ensure they were awake way before room service may come in and um, made the fold-up bed look like it had been slept in. I'm sure the cleaners had a laugh at the effort they went to, but you also don't know, as you do hear horror stories, that they are told to report any such behaviour. So it does still go on around the world. Um, if you do have any other experience as well or blogs you want to point us to, I'm more than welcome to have a look and we will share it on the page. Um, any other comments you'd like to make to the Can Host Podcast, please do so at canhostpodcast at gmail.com or canhostpodcast on Facebook. On Instagram, we are canhost underscore podcast and on Twitter, we are canhostpodcast as well. I'd like to thank all three, four of our guests in total. Thanks for coming on. Did you have fun? Mm-hmm. I did. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you as always to join the adventure for having us and making us sound good and to the Wickham for hosting the podcast. We will see you in a couple of weeks time. We will announce what the episode will be. Stay tuned. Keep listening. I love you. Thank you. Bye.